Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 2nd, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book. You're going to find us in Chapter 6, entitled Into Action, on page 72. And today's readers are Julie R., Rick, Judy B., Rebecca, and Sylvia. The share ID number for yesterday's meeting, Sunday, September 1st, is 5074. That's 5074. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Ken to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, A Vision for You. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. I will now call on Melanie to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. The 12 traditions. 
Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an over, an over, excuse me, an OA group ought never be endorsed, financed, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, ought never be organized, but but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities pass. Thank you, Melanie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We begin Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 72 this morning. And I will ask Julie R. to begin reading, please. Hi, I'm Julie R., a recovered compulsive overeater from California. Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our Creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path. We admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on weak items in our personal inventory. Now these are all about to be cast out. This requires action on our part which when completed will mean that we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. This brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery, 
mentioned in the preceding chapter. Um, again, I'm Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, the first time I read about doing an inventory, I thought it was, you know, to list all the people that had harmed me. Um, and it was quickly pointed out that, no, I had to make a list of reasons why I was resentful. And then, at you know, doing that, making my columns, um, listing the causes, and then figuring out where I was selfish, mm-hmm. dishonest, um, I got to see a pattern. And I, I, when it says here, uh, we got to put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. And those were those patterns I was seeing, seeing where I was egotistical, where I was grandiose, where I was um, wanting to be right all the time. And they were ready to be cast out. What does that mean? Well, that means that I'll be able to let go of them because they don't serve their purpose. You know, I, I use them for what, a variety of reasons. Um, and they, they did what they did their job. But, you know, I don't need to be that way anymore. I'm not a little girl who who needed to be strong. And um, when it says that I am going to need action to do this, I can't will them away. I can't just sit there and say, you know, today I don't want to be a bee at work. Um, today I want to be kind and loving. I have to take action to be kind and loving, and um, that's through knowing my creator. And what it says right here that I'm going to have a new attitude in a new relationship with my creator. That, to me, is um, what's helped me cast out my character flaws, my character defects, because every time that I get in touch with God, every morning, every afternoon, or at nighttime, and I ask him to show me what my character flaws were for that day, and then I, I look at a list of character defects that I have that have the opposites, and I pray for that action but I just don't pray about it. I have to do something. And um, I think that's the difference for me this time around. Why I could never recover before was that I was just going at this like a, a bull in a china cabinet. I was still the one being in control. Uh, and today, you know, with my relationship with God, it's my creator. You know, I ask for direction and I ask for strength and help every morning, every night. So I'm just uh, very glad to be here because this is an important part of uh, my recovery program. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This This is Katie from Boston. Kim and then Katie. Thank you. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Gosh, and just the name of the chapter, Into Action. You know, this chapter does not say into thinking, into pondering, into contemplating, into overanalyzing, because isn't that what we've done for years in OA? Is we've read these steps, we've analyzed these steps, we've discussed these steps, but now we're talking about what do we have to do? What are these actions that we're going to do? You know, we have admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. So those, we've admitted certain defects. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with people as we study step four, and one of the common things that I'm hearing, and I did myself, is everyone does the first three columns because there's a column list in the book, and we don't get to that the fourth column. We don't get to looking at our side of the street, and that's where the magic happens. 
what are those certain defects that we're admitting? We're selfish, we're dishonest, we're self-seeking, we're fearful, we're inconsiderate. Now, we like to put a lot of fancy talk show hosts, psychology, self-help books on and labels on them, maybe abandonment, family of origin, um, passive-aggressive, boundary issues. But let's look at that fourth column. It basically comes down to those basic character defects, selfishness, self-centeredness, self-seeking, dishonesty, fear, inconsiderate. And now we've ascertained in a rough way what that trouble is. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the term rough plumbing. And rough plumbing is if you need some, you don't have a bathroom at all, and you decide to put it in a part of your house, they do some rough plumbing, meaning they get that, those pipes that they can come into that room. And that's it. They don't hook up a sink. They don't hook up a toilet. They don't hook up a shower. They just have the ability to have water come into that room. Now, if we want to have it actually be a bathroom, there's a lot more work that has to be done. But initially, that rough plumbing has to be done so we can get access to that water. So that's what we've done. We've done some rough, we ascertain in a rough way. But if we truly want access, if we want to be able to have that bathroom, we're going to have to pay that plumber to do additional work. We're going to have to do additional action. action. So we put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Because what was the purpose of the inventory? We were told there was one purpose, and that was to look at damaged and unsaleable goods and to get rid of them promptly and without regret. And that is what step five is about. We've ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We've admitted certain defects. We've put our finger on the weak items in inventory. And in step five, we're going to get rid of them promptly and without regret. And was that a task? Thank you, Kim. Katie, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater from Boston, Mass. Thank you, God, for abstinence and sobriety on a Monday morning. I know where I was last night, and I'm not waking up with regrets this morning. And thank God, love what Kim said. It's not into feeling, not into thinking. It's not into psychoanalyzing or going to my therapist. It's all into action, which I never did a lot of. So what are we doing? We are finally trying to get rid of the things that have been blocking us, right? We're looking for a new attitude. And what is attitude? It's a new angle of approach. My attitude is broken. My attitude of what are you giving to me? If you're looking at me that way, that that means that you are, that there's something wrong with me and I better go out and and get you or nobody's got my back so I better get everybody. That's been my attitude, you know. And these are obstacles. They're hindering my progress. And I, you know, a a lot of people will talk about, yeah, I admitted it to myself and to God. You know what, guys? If I don't have another person there to call me out and tell me the absolute truth, I'm still telling the story. So my process of, of meeting with my sponsor, that was a life and death errand. When I got done with my, with my writing, I called my sponsor and she wasn't available. And so I found another recovered woman. I'd met her once. She was amazing. And I was like, let's go to it. Let's go to it because I had to be rid of, of, the, of these causes and conditions. I needed to have an entire psychic change. I needed to cast out, to throw forcefully the way I've been looking at my life. You know, these defects, these imperfections that are causing me failure. And it, it, without her there, 
to cut to the C-R-A-P, excuse my language, I was still lying to myself sometimes. You know, like my constant resentment, like um, going over and over and over again with her. She had to remind me what the lie was that I kept telling myself. And my favorite lie in my fifth step was, if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. Why? Because I was constantly at people. They have this. They have that. They look like this. They look like that. And so, therefore, they don't feel the way I feel. But I had to have her there to hold my hand to help me get to God. And I still do that. To be honest, like I, that's why I do 10s and 11s. That's why during the day when I've got resentment popping up, I, I call someone else to do a turnaround and then I go to God because having that other person there to help me cut to the CRAP and say, you know what, Katie, this is what I'm thinking, you know, and, and I, I mean, I don't have soft skin anymore. Like I want to know exactly what's going on for me. And I believe wherever two or more are gathered in my, in God's name, like in my name, in God's name, I can see the truth and I can hear the truth. And I have to, you know, I have to have, an entire psychic change, and the only way to do that is to share that with another woman. You know, so if you're on this line and you're new and you have no idea what we're doing, we are. Um, we've looked at our past. We're sharing it with another person. We are trying to um, have an entire psychic change, not just a little bit change in the way we the way we uh, pick out our clothes every day. This is an entire psychic change of the way we live our life. And I'm grateful to be here this morning. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I comment? Of course. This is Paula. Katie in Virginia. Paula and then Katie from Virginia. Thank you. This would be Paula. Um, right now in Hawaii, and it's the middle of the night, but you know this part here, and I'm going to go right to this line. I'm going to scoot on down here. Now these are about to be cast out. I don't care where you are, what place, what time of day. It is what was inside me that I carried. I carried the selfishness and dishonesty, the self-seeking and the fears. And it says so many fears. And then it says here, now these are about to be cast out. What was inside I couldn't run away from. It was always there. These are about to be cast out. Why do I say it so many times? Wow, what freedom once they are. Then the place that God was rightly to have was finally given back. This requires action on our part, which when completed, okay, will mean that we have admitted, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. Leave nothing out. It all comes together. The exact nature of our defects, I couldn't see them before. Could I not? Or would I not? Didn't matter. Either way. And then it says, this brings us. Look at what brings us. Steps one, two, three, four, and now to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. Thank God. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Katie, go ahead. Good morning. This is Katie F. in Virginia. Um, 
And this paragraph, he's saying we have, um, um, we have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. And so, you know, I don't know about anyone else, but when I did this, I found a common thread. And that common thread was me. I had always thought that uh, all these things happened to me because of the circumstances, because of what other people did to me. And uh, it's really a relief, as painful as it can be, um, but when you're working with a recovered sponsor, it's not, you know, we don't do this all in um, an hour, um, usually, but... um, the writing down part, and the good news is once I figured out that the problem was me, then, you know, with God's help, I could change. I no longer had to worry about changing all the other circumstances and all the other people, which is what I thought I had to do. I thought that I had to to overhaul everyone in order to recover, that I couldn't recover if my family you know, continue to be the way they'd always been. I couldn't recover if my job situation didn't change too. I couldn't recover if I was still single and didn't have any money. You know, I just thought that all of these external circumstances had to change right along with me. And what this is saying is um, this brings us where uh, we can be... um, we can continue to look at our defects, our defects. I don't have to change anybody else. I only have to change myself. And, you know, we're writing down everything that happened in the past, and then suddenly the fact that it's in the past is good news because I can have a future that does not include those things. I don't have to keep repeating the patterns, which is the common thread I found, that I had repeated the same type of thing over and over and over again. And I didn't have to do that anymore. I am the only one who has to change in this story. And the rest of the people that I think should change or would help if they did, that's up to them with their relationship with their higher power. So, uh, you know, this common thread, um, really as scary as it is and as uh, overwhelming as it can be, It's really good news, and I'm just grateful that um, this program, although it's um, simple, is not easy, but it really is simple. We really just have to write these things down, figure out our part, and change with God's help one day at a time. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Katie. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Lois. Lois and then Rose. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Uh, This is Lois, recovered in Massachusetts. Um, Good morning. I wanted to comment. I want to talk about this. Um, We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path. Excuse me. Uh, this, this, This situation, this chapter, how it worked, into action, excuse me, um, I, I want to say that you know this, this was most hopeful for me, and and I I still want to encourage anybody who's new and and looking at this and reading it with us for the first time, that this 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 chapter is full of hope, and like the previous 
um, speaker, I too spent my whole life, first of all, trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with my creator, and, and everything was blocked. Um, I knew no other way to do this. And secondly, you know, the, the obstacles in my path, I thought, were just like the before. They were people, places, and things. And I had no knowledge. I had no way of knowing, you know, that this, this was a dead end. When I read this and, and I learned in the previous steps, I learned what the problem was, I learned what the solution was, and I learned how to uh, develop, a, how, a way to develop a new relationship with my higher power, with God. And, and I knew and I was told and led to believe that the third step, my relationship, trying to create a new relationship with my with God would be the mo- one of the most important tools for me doing the fourth and fifth step. And, and it was, first of all, because I could not understand this with my distorted mind, my distorted thinking. I always came up as the victim. And, and when I, you know, when I spent time understanding and developing a relationship with my higher power and asking him to show me ways that, um, that I had to learn and I began to trust that and practice that daily, that, you know, little bits of light kept popping into my, my distorted mind. And so um, what, what, I, what I found when I did this was I was the only one that had to change and I, I wanted to feel good. I, I, you know, I, I was tortured by this disease. You know, the, the, mental, the mental part of this disease, you know, kept landing me back where I began and I began to, be, to not, not have any hope or any zest for life at all. And, and when, I, when I learned this, when I learned that there was something about my behavior and I was going to be shown my, the obstacles in my path that were blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit, I, I really wanted to do that. I, I, totally, I totally put everything I had into that with a, with, a, with a recovered sponsor as well. And I began to see that it was my character defects, my selfishness, my selfishness, self-centeredness, and my fears that were blocking me from from uh, the life that I wanted to have with my Creator as well, and and I I was willing I was willing to do what it took, and I began to have uh, I began to have a plan. This to me this was a plan. You know I wanted I wanted my my character defects to be cast out. I thought God was going to cast them out forever. You know. But you know what I've learned was this this was a um this was a plan for life it's life one o one spiritual and and one day at a time, I would practice this in my in my daily meditation and prayers, and God would remove my character defects i wasn't i I couldn't cast them out. I kept trying I didn't want to be selfish, but I noticed that you know. That that was easier said than done. So what what worked for me and what still works for me is every day in the morning, I ask God upon awakening, you know, to remove my character defects of selfishness and self-centeredness, fear and dishonesty for that day, and help me to be what He would have me be for that day, and 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 then I would proceed to keep, try to keep a conscious contact with God that day. And th- these don't go away. They don't go away for this girl. So, um, but you know, the the beginning, the beginning of trying to live on it with on and with spiritual principles, is a lifetime plan and a lifetime practice. 
And I encourage anyone, you know, to begin that today. And I, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank, thank you, Lois. Rose, go ahead. Thank you, Leah. This is Rose, uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And um, my uh, my experience is, uh, uh, has to do with the same uh, sentence that Lois focused on here. We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our Creator, and to discover the obstacles in our past, in our path, <clears throat> which need to be cast out, as it says further on. But um, I just wanted to share my own experience in regards to um, receiving a new attitude, also in receiving uh, the beginning of a new relationship with with my Creator, and. Um, those two things have happened for me as a result of casting out by admitting to God and to another person, my my recovered sponsor who listened to my whole fifth step. Um, this new attitude and this new relationship is um, has begun uh, a huge shift this past six months, essentially. Um, as a result of reading my fourth step as I wrote all of it with all its contents to another human being, which added, for me, the element of um, literally ego deflation at depth um, without the the person there to hear what um, my defects were, what my uh, mistakes were, what all my failings, my utter failings as a human being were, they were put down in black and white, and reading it to somebody else who at various times um, identified with me as to her own similar circumstances, um, what took place during that fifth step alone uh, last March made such a change to me that prior to experiencing that personally, I would never have believed that this fifth step um, could be so transforming, which which it has begun to do in my own life. And I was sitting on 60, 66 years of living Rose's way with no hope uh, that this program would work for me because I had never worked it. Um, yet I saw from just doing it, just doing it, writing it, and then giving it, uh, reading it to another person, Um, what took place is what people had said, don't quit until the miracle happens. With no hope that that was going to happen, the miracle was given to be set on this path to a new way, to a new attitude, to a new relationship, and beginning to find out who God is for me, for real. Thanks much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I, too, wanted to just comment on a couple things here. Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? And, of course, our personal inventory has a lot written down on these pieces of paper, what wrongs I've done, what defects of character I have, what my shortcomings are. It's all found on step four. That's 
that's uh, extremely important because from that step, from step four, is where I gather all this information that I'm going to need as I proceed through the steps, four through nine. We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator, and to discover the obstacles in our past, to discover what is blocking me. Now, why is it so important to have a new attitude, a new relationship with God, and to discover those blockages, those uh, obstacles uh, on, on my path, in my path? Well, you know, page 43 reminded me, that the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. So again, just a quick review. Why are we embarking on this program of recovery? Because of my powerlessness. Because I have no defense against that first bite, my defense has to come from a power greater than myself. But I've got things that are blocking me. You know, self-will run riot blocks me from that power. These wrongs, these shortcomings, these defects of character that are now written in my step four inventory, they are blocking me from God. Now these are about to be cast out. The big book, big book talks about that in previous pages, that those old ideas of ours, emotions, attitudes, these core beliefs that I had um, developed perhaps as a child, which were once guiding forces in my life, needed to be cast aside so that I could be governed, uh, dominated by new ideas, emotions, and attitudes. Because the reality is that my life is based on ideas that I produce in my mind. So if my mind is filled with twisted, distorted thinking, then of course the results in my life are going to be twisted and distorted. And indeed they were. All you had to do is look at my life of compulsive overeating, suicide in slow motion, to see that my thinking, all action is born in thought, was distorted and twisted. But through the program of recovery, we have an opportunity to transform those ideas, emotions, and attitudes from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. So this is the process. Step four was the first action that we are taking to cooperate with God's grace to be transformed. However, this requires action. I'm not going to be able to think my way to uh, sanity. I'm not going to be able to feel my way. You know, insanity is the inability to see the truth. Sanity is the ability to see the truth. This inventory that we just did is a tool to enable us to see the truth, and the truth will set us free. But that can only be accomplished accomplished through these action steps. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move to the next? This is Du. Du, go ahead. Good morning, Du. Compulsive overeater, I know it. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, what I see from here is, you know, it talks about getting that new attitude, relationship with God, and removing the obstacles. And we have to remember what this step is about, you know, and this step is about three things. We admit it to God, we admit it to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our defects. 
And how do we do that? Well, this chapter, this whole chapter is going to, it's going to let us know how to do that step by step, how to admit it to God, how to admit it to ourselves, and how to admit it to another human being. And 80% of this chapter um, is going to discuss about how to admit it to another human being because that's, <laughs> that's a problem that most of us have, and it's, it's the most difficult part of, of doing this, uh, this step. Um, we've already taken a good look at ourselves um, in in step four. Um, so it's, we, we've already gone through some of the process of, of admitting it to ourselves. And then, you know, and some people may say, well, God knows everything, so he already knows what I did. <laughs> and it's true, he does. Um, but we're also going to see in this chapter, again, how it is that we're going to specifically admit this to God in step five. And, you know, and, and I don't want to get ahead, but, you know, if, if you keep that in mind, look for the places in this chapter where you're going to admit it to someone else, admit it to God, and to yourself. Because that's what, what helps us to get that new attitude and to have that relationship with God and to have those obstacles removed. And it's very, very specific, you know, and I'm excited because, um, this is one of the chapters where I became very much free from from my obstacles, and you know, and then I had to again take responsibility for my recovery and look at my part in it. And there's a specific part in this chapter where it's going to help me to see that I need to be responsible and being honest and looking at my part and being honest with another person, admitting, you know, what it is to admit is to concede to agree with, to accept, to acknowledge, to show often against one's will. So a lot of times I don't want to do it, but, you know, it says that one agrees to or with something. So even though I may not want to do it or feel like doing it, I do it anyways. You know, that's what's to admit, to concede, you know, to fully um, take that admission, you know, that confession. Um, and you know, it's going to be interesting as we go through this, how that's going to develop. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Du. Let's move on to the next paragraph with Rick, please. Good morning. My name is Rick. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. This is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think we have done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves. There is doubt about that. In actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. Many of us thought it necessary to go much further. We will be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons why we should do so. The best reason first. If we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep themselves certain, keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. We think the reason is they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. 
but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. Well, this uh, this paragraph, is, there's a lot here, and I'm just going to look at the beginning. Um, difficult to discuss our defects with another person. You bet it is. You bet. I can remember doing an inventory um, prior to the last one I did, and I wrote things down in that inventory that I skipped right over as I was reading with my sponsor at the time. They were in front of me, and I chose not to tell them about it because I didn't want to deal with it. And I made all kinds of uh, excuses to myself why I didn't have to tell them about those things. And it it hung on. It it It, it stayed with me for a long time. And I never completed the process after I did that inventory. I, I, I did the fifth step with them, but never never went forward. Why didn't I go forward? Well, maybe one of the reasons was that I didn't I didn't do a thorough job on the, the fifth step. I I did it on the fourth step but I didn't tell them about it. So the last time I did my inventory, I took that uh, old inventory, I reworked it according to the instructions given by my sponsor, and when it came time to do a fifth step, I remember uh, we sat down and I, I told him, I said, there's a couple of things I got to talk about right away. And he said, okay. And I unloaded those two or three things that I had neglected or chosen not to reveal in the previous time because they were haunting me. I knew I wasn't thorough. So I knew that I had to get rid of those things that I had left behind. When I got rid of those things that I left behind, the rest of the of the fifth step was easy because now I was able to, to be completely honest about the whole thing, accept anything my sponsor had to say, and I knew that I was thorough. But when I when I had left it out, it just sat there and, and ruminated in my brain. And we're going to see the reasons why we have to be thorough. And, of course, they say the best reason first. If we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Well, that's, the, that's a big step. That's a big deal. We may not. Now, we might... But we might not. And if you want this stuff to haunt you, hold on to it. But I didn't because I had experienced that haunting of not being completely honest with another human being. So I'll pass with that. Thanks. Thank you, Rick. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Yes, hi, Sarah B. This is Bella. Can I share? Uh, who else identified themselves? I heard you, Bella. Who else was there? Sarah. Sally from South Jersey. Sally from South Jersey. Sarah B. Sarah B. Okay. okay, let's go Sally, Sarah B., and Bella, please. 
Thank you. Thank you, Leah. It's Sally, um, Sally A. in South Jersey, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And um, this is really powerful stuff. Um, I love this sentence. Uh, we will be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons why we should do so. Why do I have to do this? Isn't it enough that I wrote down the terrible things I did? Isn't it enough that I'm willing to admit to me and to God that I was the chief manipulator and that's why my kids were torturing me when I visited them in New York? Because they learned from the finest manipulator in America? Isn't it enough? And it goes on to say, trying to avoid this humbling experience. Humbling, it seems like this was going to be humiliating, not just humbling. And it goes on to say, almost invariably, they got drunk. Okay, there's where I got stuck here. Um, So you really don't have a choice here. You have no choice but to come forward and not just tell, admit to yourself All of these maladaptive coping mechanisms that you used as a child, as a young adult, and and just, you know, you you honed and made this incredible, this twisted thinking, as it's so beautifully put, as we have honed these skills of, um, of manipulation and all the other things we did that were related to selfishness, self-seeking, dishonesty, and, of course, driven by a hundred form of fears, as it says on page 62. And I was driven by a lot more, a lot more than a hundred forms of fear. Um, my life was driven by fear. I may as well have just been getting into a fear mobile. And so when we take a look at this, um, as it has been said, it's very important to understand that it's, it's very important that we do a thorough house cleaning because we're setting up in this fourth step, we're setting up, number one, that we're going to give it away. What's going to be accomplished in giving this away? Yes, I'm going to finally admit to me. I'm going to admit to God. And yes, we're only as sick as our secrets. I'm going to tell another human being the exact nature of how I have used it, my twisted thinking to to cope through life instead of, and be, all because of self-reliance, because I didn't want to rely on God, I wanted to rely on me. And this is how I fashioned myself into a little God, a little, you know, me being God, me fixing everything in my life, because I didn't want to turn to God for the important things. I was praying, all, well, that's for sure, I was praying all along. But I wasn't praying about the important things. And so when we get to this sentence, they took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. When I did my inventory, it did take a couple of hours for me to give my inventory to um, my sponsor. And I guess um, what I think is the most important thing for us to realize here is in telling it to another human being is really that we we are finally shining a flashlight on who we are and who we have become. And we're not going to change anything about who we were and who we had become. That's the step six and step seven work that we're going to do. Because in step seven, our creator is going to begin the process of recreating us. He's going to take away these character flaws. I cannot change me. That is the beauty of these steps. It's not just surrendering the food in step one. It's surrendering my identity. 
it's surrendering who I thought I was and how I created that person and what I had to do to bolster that person, that egoism and those fears, what I did to bolster those, all because I'm finally going to lay down at this altar in my heart in front of God, in front of a human being, who I had become. So that in steps six and seven, God could remove these character flaws. So that in steps eight and nine, I could make amends and, and rid myself finally of all the guilt and the shame and the things that accompanied these flaws. And finally, I could live in steps 10, 11, and 12 and be recovered. And that's all I've got. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Sarah B., please. Good morning. Hi, this is Sarah B., a recovered compulsive um, overeater from Washington, D.C. Uh, I think the big book is being generous when it says we might not recover if we fail to take the step. In my own personal experience, at least, um, I have very little doubt that uh, I would have recovered had I not swallowed my pride and taken the fifth step. And I just want to encourage the newcomer who might be listening, if you're thinking, oh, my God, I couldn't possibly share this with somebody, I wanted to share my experience because I had a very ugly fourth step. I um, was a basket case in my disease. I was a very harmful person in my disease, and I caused um, a lot of pain to a lot of people in a lot of areas of life. And it was hard enough to put this all down on my fourth step and to look at my part in it. Um, That part came very hard to me. And then the idea of turning it over to someone else um, was not appealing But at the same time, I sensed in my spirit that it was going to be very, very cathartic, and that's exactly my experience. And I can tell you that sharing my fifth step with somebody, with my sponsor, was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. It really, for me, like someone else said, shined the light on what was going on and and what was really at the, it got to the causes and conditions of my acting out with food and with my character defects, and it was very freeing to share it with somebody else. One of the things that you'll learn, you know, working the, the first four steps is, you know, you're going to develop an intuition about who it's good to share this with. And, um, you know, if you're attracted to a recovered sponsor, chances are that person is going to be a safe person for you to share your fifth step with. If it's not, the big book is pretty clear that, you know, there's lots of other people you can, you can do it with. But it is really important to, to, share, to share your fifth step. And I'll tell you, once I did, I, I felt such... Um, amazing. Well, first of all, I just want to say that my my sponsor was incredibly um, warm, loving, you know, very accepting. Again, she herself was recovered. It wasn't a shame and blame thing. It was really um, a shining a light on, a turning over process, um, an uncovering process. So it, it wasn't at all any kind of shaming process. After all, I had already done this stuff. You know, I knew it. God knew it. So this was just. And and the people I had harmed knew it. So it was just really kind of sharing it with another person. So I think that's important to keep in mind. But it was so cathartic. It was so wonderful. And I felt not only physically better, I mean, not only, you know, spiritually better, but it's really interesting. I had a big um, shift in my physical recovery after I gave away my fifth step. And I don't think that's coincidental. Um, I think that uh, I had a lot to release and, um, this paved the way to do that. So I just want to encourage the newcomer who might be trembling in his or her boots that this is actually a wonderful, wonderful step, and I think you will be very pleasantly surprised at uh, the rewards that it yields. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Bella, on this paragraph, please. Thank you. Go ahead. 
Good morning, my name is Bella and I'm a compulsive overreader. Wow, thank you very much, Leah, for leading this meeting and thank you, everybody, by staying in this meeting. Wow, it's really a very empowering paragraph and I like it. I remember when I did step five, it was like, wow, why I have to do this? It's enough that I did step four and it was so painful, so hard. It's enough. Okay, so now I know my character defects. God knows my character defects. I have to give it over to another human being. It was very hard. But here comes the first paragraph, and it says, we have been trying to get a new attitude. So here we are. We are trying to get a new attitude. And here we have a chance to change our attitude. So first of all, it helps us to not to be isolated. We know already that before the program, we are all isolated. We know that, no, nobody should see us, nobody should know what we think, what we are. Here we have a chance. Don't be isolated anymore. You don't have a reason to be isolated. So it's wonderful. Then it reminds us that we have to give over to another human being. Till now, we, before the program, I had a very wrong relationship with other people, with God. Now, the, my sponsor is not my teacher and I am her student. My sponsor is not she knows better than me. My sponsor is not a perfect angel and I am the human being that has a character defect. We are all the same. We are all human. We are all not perfect. We, are, we all have our own character defects. And it's so helpful, it's so wonderful to, to know that my sponsor shared with me the same experience. We all have character defects and we are here to learn from each other. It's not that she is better than me or I am better than my sponsee. We are all the same. We are all human. And it's so wonderful to know that, yes, I have character defects. It doesn't mean that I am a bad person. It means that I am a human being. And here I have the chance to change my attitude. Yes, I am a human being. And only God is perfect. And only God can help me to move on and to change my attitude and to, to do the best choice one day at a time. And by this I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Bella, and thank you to everyone who participated in this morning's meeting. Much appreciated. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Judy B., are you available to read a vision for you? Good morning, Leah. Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The 
answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.